Welcome back to your football fantasy. Grab a drink, roll back your foreskin, and let Dweeze Nuts, Big Wiz, and the Bullfrog stroke your fantasy loins. Ugh. All right, let's focus. Let's focus on the show. Welcome back to your football fantasy, people. Um, there's only two voices here today because the Bullfrog has decided on a quiet night at home with his lady rather than being here with us. Big Wiz, thanks for being here, man. We missed you last week. Someone's got to hold the show down. Yeah, you listened last week, right? Yeah. Oh, the doctor's so bad at this. He was so good. He was <laughs> great last week. I thought his advice was the best. You should you should hear all the shit I had to cut out. I've got two drop two doctor drops now. You want to hear them? Give them to me. I don't think the th- I guess like Melton and what what did, what kind of what did they produce? That's one. <laughs> Here's the other one. That oh he's this is you know at end of the this is he's the next big thing. <laughs> I want to collect one of those every time the he's on the show. things that you find entertaining. There's so many of them. And I, like, I was, as I was putting those drops in the board yesterday, I was laughing hysterically to myself, just playing them over and over. It's so good. I'm going to get one every time he comes on the show. He did a good job last week. He'll be on the show a few times in the next couple of weeks, because Bullfrog is taking a hiatus. This week in football. Um, there are... No news notes in the news section right now. And the reason is because a lot of the news that is worthy of talking about, we're going to mention later in the show. So I I just figured we'd cut this section out altogether this week. Why is there a drop? I don't know. Big Wiz and his stat of the week. Give me yours. Yes, we have a, I have a couple of stats for you. They're kind of weak stats, but I thought it was just interesting. Um, it really it stemmed from your... Stat last week, which okay. you liked, I did like. It was very yes. good. You it took me all the way up to eighty one, which I was very impressed by that eighty one. Um, so similarly, I guess I would go. So, so real quick, did you did you guess any before they Farvra? Yeah, that was the easy one to it took me. Took them a while. To I, I would never have gotten Cunningham. Yeah, uh, that, that I, for some reason they just didn't. So in no. the show, it sounded like Bullfrog got it pretty quickly. It yeah. took about eighteen minutes. Huh? I cut it all out. Made it sound like he knew what he was. I would have got Stevie Young in uh, Farber really easily. Yeah, they went back to back six years in a row between just the two of them. Oh well, yeah, Young was phenomenal. What ninety two, ninety four, yeah. the hell it was. Yeah, Montana should have got. Give me with yours. Um, the last time a running back went number one in fantasy in back to back seasons, and who was it? The last time it happened mm-hmm. was it Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. at some point in his career. Am I gonna? Was it relatively Ladanian, recently? Ladanian Tomlinson is more recent. I thought that. it would have been Tomlinson, but it was not him. I mean, we know we we hear his name so many times on this section just because he's he was so fucking good. Was it Todd Gurley last year and the year before? It's not Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley didn't finish. Remember, he kind of fizzled out at the end of the year. Okay. Um, it's in the two thousands. Okay, it was an older running back that went off when he went to this team. Are we talking about Larry Johnson back in the day? Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes. In 2002-2003. That was a good while ago. It was. Okay, and tell me, here's the other part of this. This running back went four straight years, as or this wide receiver went four straight years as the number one wide receiver. Was it Randy Moss? No. More recent than that. Antonio Brown. Yeah. Yeah. That's surprising to me. He's not going to finish well. Oh, it's not that surprising to me. I had him on my fucking keeper league all that time. It was great. Yeah, I just I, I was surprised uh, four straight years. That that that's what I find to be four straight years. He was a stud. I don't know why I didn't guess him first because I'm over him. That's why he's dead to me. He's dead as to an me. Oakland Raider. There's a, there's an old drop for that, isn't there? He's dead to me. Young, young, young. 
You're dead to me. God damn it, that was a long drop. Most of those were still, useless. Still hilarious. I've got a stat of the week for you. Do it to me. Um, I want you, I want to know if you can name uh, any of the teams in the top three or in the bottom three. And the statistical category we're saying here is fastest offense, otherwise least and most seconds between or for the play to go. Not between plays, but like from the start of a play to the start of the next play. What's the fastest offenses last year or the slowest offenses last year? A couple of these were surprising. New England. As fastest? No. No. They were number six. Baltimore's slowest? Baltimore was the fourth fastest. What? Fourth fastest at 26.87 seconds per play. Uh, Where was Chicago at? Chicago was the third slowest offense okay. at 29.8 seconds. Um, I would guess so. Josh Allen's going to be really low. He right in the middle. What? Pretty much dead center. Sam Darnold? Dead center. Okay, so it's not that at all. I was going on that path. Arizona last year. Arizona was toward the bottom end, but not at the bottom. So, like, the slowest team in the league um, makes sense to me when you think about the quarterback on this team. Old quarterback, slow quarterback, not in a terrible hurry to do anything except yell at the people on his team. Well, to me, that's Tom. It's Philip Rivers. Philly Rivers? Yeah, the Chargers were the slowest offense in the league last year. Chicago was the third slowest, so there's some good teams in there, right? Maybe teams that have a lead a lot of the time and they're slowing it down. The other one in here is Miami, which is a little surprising to me. Why As a low? The slowest? They're the second slowest offense. Where's uh, Where's the Rams at? So the Rams are the third fastest. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, and the only two teams ahead of that, Indianapolis is the fastest team oh, last year. I didn't guess that. How about New Not terribly surprising. They were pretty pro- prolific on offense. They lost. And they, there was a good chunk of the beginning of the year that they were uh, behind, behind and trying to catch up a lot. Casey? The one that surprises me here is an offense that, when you think about last year, the, the offense doesn't really, not much on the offense pops, at least to me. That's the Denver Broncos, second fastest offense in the league last year at 26 seconds. It's interesting, you know, the more plays that they can run, the better chance you give me, have. Give your, me your top three teams. Indy? Top three, Indianapolis, Denver, and the Los Angeles Rams. And two of those teams are, are, are phenomenal player teams that you want players on. You definitely want players on, yeah. Does that, does that mean that you want you want more players because they're getting more plays? Getting more plays. Except for Denver, who's kind of a... They sucked. Yeah. I, you know, when I first looked this up, I anticipated seeing um, the... Generally, the quicker teams being the bat, the worst teams that were playing from behind, trying to catch up, trying to get the ball okay. moving. That's not necessarily the case because Indy won ten in a row. Yeah, I didn't think that. Right, the Rams won how many in a row to begin? With? I figured best offenses. In, in, in... I thought at the bottom of the list you'd have some teams that were always playing from ahead, so really good offenses that would go slowly and try to control the clock a little more. And you see that with the Chargers, you see the Bears, but Miami was surprising. New Orleans right there at the bottom. Tennessee also right there. Well, the Bears make sense to me because they have a really good defense and they didn't have a pretty shitty offense. Yes. Or average. Yeah. Interesting anyway. Interesting. All right. That's that. And now for more dumb shit I heard this week. Yeah, I don't actually uh, I don't actually have dumb shit either. Let's talk about abortions a little bit. What are your what's your stance on abortion? 
Well, I am a Should Republican. Should we take a shot before we? I'm a Republican. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I think your I think your Republican roots mostly stem from economics. Yeah, hundred percent correct. Right. So I I think Alabama, Missouri, they're all fucking crazy right now. I heartbeat not... rules. You don't like the heartbeat laws. The six week bans. I have a really hard time justifying someone who gets raped, whether that be through incest or not. Why? Why they should have to bear a child? Yeah. The interesting thing to me about all this is some unanswered questions, and it's not even about abortion, but like, if you're going to pass an abortion ban, then you have to pass a law that has to do with personhood, right? At what point does a, an embryo become a person? And eight uh, weeks, apparently. Most states six. Six weeks is a <laughs> number, but most most places most places that are passing these laws aren't really considering this. So, like, some questions pop to mind: If six weeks is a person, then like, why would you still allow in vitro fertilization, fertilized embryos that go six weeks before they get implanted, and they throw away most of those? Right, stuff like that comes up, and nobody seems to want to answer any of those questions. I think that question specifically was answered by either Alabama or Missouri governor or one of the lawmakers, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't care. Throw them out. Doesn't matter." Right after he says, like, sanctity of life. Don't most females go to the doctor at eight weeks to go from prego? Y- yes. Generally. Well, between six and eight, right? Because at six, about between six and eight is when they notice their missed period and they hmm. take their test. That's disgusting. Which part? The fucked up part where they're sitting there saying in six weeks you're having this child. You're That's having the it. fucked up part. No matter what. In Missouri, what? no matter how that be. What's, what's the push? Do you, do you know that? Like, why, why did Alabama, Missouri, and they just go on this, this All the, rampage right now? Well, it's, it's because of the Supreme Court. We got that ninth seat filled. Yes. So they're thinking, we can overturn Roe Wade if we pass laws that will get sued. And they're all being sued immediately. Um, so they've just got to work these up to the up to the state. And states across the country right now preparing for this, they're all making sure that their trigger laws are in place. So as soon as Roe versus Wade either gets overturned or not, like their laws are going to take effect immediately. Because, you know, Roe Ro Wade just says states aren't allowed to call it illegal. It doesn't say that it's legal. It just says states can't, can't decide. They can't decide. So if you get rid of that, states get to decide. So everybody's everybody's expecting the Supreme Court case to happen. Everybody's expecting Roe Wade to get overturned. Hmm. So people are preparing. Interesting. Shot. Really good. Ooh, I did the old camp. <coughs> I got a... I got a canker sore right on the side of my lip right here. That hurt a lot. It's called herpes. Well, maybe. Oh my god, that was so good. A dentist once told me that I should get tested for herpes after looking inside my mouth. But I didn't take his advice because fuck doctors. And said you fucked your wife. I licked her pussy with my herpes. Herpes, that's what I think. I haven't found any crust down there yet. Should we get back to football? Maybe. Alright. Abortions are the best. Let's move, <laughs> let's move on. Today's uh, main event, we're going to talk backfield battlegrounds. If you've been with us a long time, you heard us do a similar episode last season. We're going to change it up this year. We want to talk to you very quickly about every single running back backfield in the NFL. Uh, we we ranked these. We didn't rank them based on who we liked the most. We didn't rank them based on who's going to score you the most fantasy points. We ranked them on volatility. So, in other words... The most volatile backfield going into the uh, training camps coming up here, we said, as our number one, San Francisco. That makes sense. Who knows what's going to happen there? Whereas 
The least volatile will, will be our team number 32. That's the Carolina Panthers because Christian McCaffrey has 100% snap count in half of his games last year. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to rip through these rankings really quickly. We'll talk about some of these teams. We did a consensus rank. So uh, Wiz and I agreed on a lot of teams, but there are a few that we had pretty pretty vast differences on. So we'll talk about those a little bit. Generally, though, I would say we were pretty close. There's five or six that we did, maybe four or five that we didn't agree on. No, we were far apart. A lot of them were really close because, you know, like minds. But uh, something happened. You had some brain farts in there. I did or you did? You did. You're a little bit of an idiot, but it's okay. You're getting better. So we, let's just start. Let's start at team number thirty-two. Work our way down. Let's rip through here. We just wanna we wanna help you understand the volatile situations, and make sense of what might happen there, what we think might happen there, so that you're prepared for your. Well, we want, we're creating a list. We want to hear from our listeners if they agree with that list or they disagree. Absolutely, tell us what you guys think. We so, know we're right, but we can tell you why you're wrong. So at number we at, yeah, that's what we we would be best at if people would just participate <laughs> in the fucking show. Uh, right there, starting at the top or at the bottom anyway. Carolina at number thirty-two. I said it a minute ago, CMC got 100% snap count in half of his games last year. I think the last six games in a row, he did not. He literally didn't come off the field. That is unheard of in today's NFL for a running back. Any concerns with him getting hurt? Um, that's, you know, that was the concern with him when he came into the league. That I, was the concern with him after he first got going. And it was, he's getting he was used and abused, but, I mean, he's a fantasy star. That was a concern with him coming into last season. Have you seen the pictures? Yeah. He's, he's bulked up, dude. He's trying to keep he himself rub, healthy. He would love to rub oil all over you. I would rub oil on that. I'm man. sure he's he a would. Be- he's got the face. He's a beautiful man. Uh, you should swing with him. I'd blow him if he offered. 31. 31. That's got to be uh, our consensus rate here is the Dallas Cowboys. There was a little bit of variation in these, but these teams are all fine. Zeke is has zero competition. Tavon Austin's off the team, so we don't have to worry <laughs> about him anymore. Uh, he's going to get all the work. He's going to get a ton of it. It's fine. Yeah. I think number three here is New York Giants. I think Saquon, is there anything to discuss about him? Nothing at all. He's got. He's the only man in the league who's got bigger thighs than Christian McCaffrey at this point. Number four here is New Orleans. And give me number... Give me the... the, the give me the 20. It looked, like number, it looked like number 29 was actually Arizona. But between Arizona and New Orleans. Look, in Arizona, David Johnson, zero competition. You don't have to worry about anybody. David Johnson is the man. Yes, they're going to throw the ball more, but that's what he does best. Then we got New Orleans now. Um, the New Orleans Saints here at 28 or 29. Who cares? Alvin Kamara is a stud. Now, last year we saw Mark Ingram come in and take touches away. But it didn't matter. He still per- – well, it mattered because the first four games of the season, Kamara had a commanding lead in fantasy. As he still a big finished as what, number four one. running back? He still finished fine. He was fine. Um, they got rid of Ingram. Latavius Murray comes in. He's not as good as Ingram. He will have. He will see the field, but he's not a threat. Well, New Orleans is, is, is similar to our next team here. That, that that at least in the 2018 they were, where they used two running backs, a lot of different touches, even though the number one running yeah. back is still that good. It's still a stud. Yeah. Minnesota yeah. is our team number 27. Dalvin Cook is the man there. They got rid of Latavius Murray. Same guy. They got rid of Latavius Murray. Yeah, they drafted a Alex rookie. Madison. In there. But I'm not worried about Madison. They took him sixth, seventh round. Frog, you'd be all excited about this right now. So you're, you bought in Dalvin Cook. Loves him some Dalvin Cook. I yeah. mean, I think he's going to have all the opportunity in the world. Did I buy into him? I don't know. The Los Angeles Chargers come next here. Now, there was a little bit of back and forth when we were doing this ranking um, last night. 
because I said, hey, look, Eckler actually had a lot of work last year, um, partly because Melvin Gordon was hurt or he was maybe hurt and they were trying to keep him healthy. Um, but Eckler did get a lot of work. Didn't really affect Melvin Gordon at all. He finished really well last year. He's going to finish really well this year. Take away some of those injury concerns. He's fine. Anything to say there? Um, That's why I said they were very similar to New Orleans, mm-hmm. um, right? They had, they had two running backs. Eckler, I was surprised how many touches he did have, but um, Melvin Gordon's still a, a phenomenal top five running back. You're not, keep I'm us, not concerned. Keep us going. I'm not looking at it right now, so I'm relying on you. The Cincinnati Bengals come next on this list. Joe Mixon! The good doctor's boy, Joe Mixon's there. He's going to get just all the opportunity. I mean, you know, I said it weeks and weeks ago. He actually had 70-plus percentage of his team's opportunities share last year, even though it didn't feel like it. He's going to get the same this year. That's really fucking high, guys. Next up, this is your boy, Marlon Mack, and the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, Naheem Hines is probably going to catch some passes, um, but you love Mack to get the bulk of the work. Yeah, I, don't think, I think Mac's going to be a top five finish this year. If you want to make a bet on that, I would. That's a bold statement. It's an accurate statement. I will make I will make that bet. Mm. It's a bet. Yay! Type it in there. I think he's going to be good. Top five is tough because he's not going to get the passing targets. You type that in. I'll keep going. The Pittsburgh Steelers come in next here. Uh, James Conner's just fine. I know last year Conner got hurt and Jalen Samuels came in and did some work. But look, guys. Mike Tomlin is still the coach on that team last I checked. And Mike Tomlin likes things one way. That's one guy on the field. That's it. Okay, so yes, Connor goes out. Jalen Samuels goes in and he got all the opportunities. It's just because who Tomlin is. Tomlin's going to do the same thing with Connor this year. Any arguments? No, that's an easy one. Keep going. Talk to me about the Chiefs. Damon Williams, man. I, I Andy Reid does this exact same thing. He chooses typically one running back and sticks with it. I don't know. I mean, he's young. We'll find out, but I don't see any reason why it's not going to be him. I had him a little. I had the Chiefs a little higher up on this list just because. Look, Damian Williams got signed to a, a small extension. It's about the same pay that Carlos Hyde is. I think there will be something of a camp competition here. Um, I think Damian Williams. Do will you come really out. think Carlos Hyde is going to steal carries from him? Damian Williams is no nothing special either. Like neither guy is a special running back. No, the special thing is Patrick Mahomes. So you that's need right. someone to fill the. You just need to, you need a versatile running back, yeah. and that's all that any. And Carlos Hyde is not the versatile running back. No, it's a, it's a hundred percent going to be whoever it is, and more than likely it's going to be Damian Williams. But I, I think there's going to be at least a, a, a camp competition of some sort. Okay, Jacksonville's next on the list. This is your Leonard Fournette. I like Fournette. Um. Relative, I, I I thought what Doctor said last week was actually an accurate statement. I I like him to a point, but do not draft him that high, folks. He's just he he. I he is an injury concern waiting to happen. That is an understatement. Injury concern. I'm glad you're finally on board with that. No drafting Leonard Fournette. Let's go next at number what I would. I didn't say I wouldn't draft him. But I'm about, all about value here. Yeah. Well, how high is he going? He's going to go way too high. I mean, he's going to go as the next running back here, which I thought was Derrick Henry. Too high. Way too high for what he's worth. That's the problem. Derrick Henry is go. Yeah, so at number 20 on our list is the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry is right now being taken in the third fucking round. Well, in the third round. Actually, Tennessee has a good offensive line compared to Jacksonville's offensive line. It's not so good anymore. Derrick Henry's going at the 305. Leonard Fournette's going at the 302. Which guy would you rather take at that spot? Ooh. Fournette is more talent. Way more talent. Um, I I, ooh, I think I probably would go Fournette. Yeah, so this is going to be a running back two. 
You want you want somebody with consistency as your running back too. You want somebody who's going to go out there and at least get you, you know, 14, 15 points every week in your half point PPR. Between those two, it's going to be Fournette until he gets hurt because Derrick Henry. But Derrick Henry will probably play the whole year. All yes, all people are remembering right now. The reason he's going as a running back sixteen is because people are just remembering that ridiculous run of games at the end of the season. It was um, the it was the best since Le'Veon Bell. It was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But guys, it was a lot of season before that, and Derrick Henry was garbage before that. Yes, the team has come out and said, "Look, it's a Derrick Henry show," and that's why they're so far down on this list for us. But you cannot take him as your number two. You just can't. You can't fucking take him as your number two because he's just not good enough. You can take him as very low end number two. I would be happy if I could get. I would be. I would be exact. Grab either one of those is a number three running back. If I was going running back heavy, running back, running back, running back, first three rounds, I'd consider maybe taking for I mean, I'd take Fournette there for sure. Absolutely. I wouldn't take, I would, I wouldn't take Henry. I would take Henry. I mean, I, I had him as my number three running back last year in one of my leagues. Um, the, the concern, I, like, similar to you just said, it was only four weeks it was actually good. His, what's his running back regression? Eight, eight, nine TDs probably? Me had 12 last year. Yeah, but how many? Again, how many of those came in that? We had four, a four touchdown yeah, game. I don't know, probably nine of them. Yeah, I think he's. I think he gets seven. I think he's fine. That's not a bad running back number three. That's a three. He's yeah, but if 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 he's got a two two touchdown games and he ends with seven, that's not good. That's great for those two games. Yeah, and that's what I see maybe happening for him. All right, our next team up going up is number nineteen. This is the Oakland Raiders. Stop looking at me like that. It's right. Um, what's his name? Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is the guy. Yes, the team went out and signed um, uh, Jalen Rashard and Doug Martin back uh, to and the Chris team. And Chris Warren, who I actually like. Chris Warren's there. Jalen Rashard's there. But look, Josh Jacobs went first round. Yes, first round. First running back taken. He's the only running back in the first round. First running back taken. He's going to get all the chance in the world, and he's a talented kid. He's he's the guy. Period. He's and Gruden uses a single running back, so that's he, not surprising. There will be some spells. Like there are there are specific plays in the book. There are there are whole pages in the playbook that are dedicated to Jalen Rashard as the pass catching back, and that's going to stay the way that it is. But you're going to see 65-70% snap share for J- Josh Jacobs, and Correct. that's amazing. Number eighteen here is Houston, which both of us. We, I don't know if we actually like him. I mean, it's going to be Lamar Miller, folks, but they probably actually could be a little bit lower on this list in terms of, I mean, when I mean lower, I mean back in the 20s, because there's no other option. Yeah, this, there's no other option. Lamar Miller, for everybody, every fantasy player, and probably the Houston Texans, like, nobody likes him. No one likes him. But there isn't anybody. De- Deonta <laughs> Foreman, they drafted, the, the, and the, they the wanted him coming to play. Of him, yes. But... After tearing his Achilles, that man is never going to run a football as a starting running back in the league. He's just, he can't recover. Yeah, Lamar Miller, actually. They didn't draft anybody. He could be a number two running back and could be a steal number two running back. I mean, could he's, be. Been, he's been, he's been decent with Deshaun, yeah. you, Deshaun, what's his name? Deshaun Watson. Watson. I'm not Jake sure on number 18 if you, I mean, I think we're pretty close on Houston in general. I, I might have had them a little higher to start with. I think we're at 18, 19. We we're, were right there. I'm surprised they were a little bit lower though. Um, Number 17 here. The next team. So this team we got to talk about a little bit. This is the New York Jets. Okay, so we're, we have them at 17. I personally rank them much lower. I think I had them as 23 or something like that because, quite simply, this is a Le'Veon Bell show as far as I can tell. They brought in Le'Veon Bell. They paid Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> is that your Bell. sources told you that? They won the Le'Veon Bell lottery. 
Um, you know, Adam Gase, yes, he hates the fact that this kid's on the team because of the contract, contract. he got. He loves the player. He's going to fucking use him. He's going to use this shit out of him. You disagree. Tell the people why I'm wrong. Why the entire world is wrong. Why Le'Veon I, I, Bell? Did I say the entire world was wrong? No, I didn't say the entire world was wrong. This is what I, I know about Le'Veon Bell is he is not he he's and on all his NFL games he set out thirty three percent of them, a third of them. Okay, so I, I have a and I know that Gase that includes that entire season last year. I don't give a shit. He sits okay. out half the time because he has an attitude problem half the time. He's boycotting something. He's he's unstable person. Okay, that's what I would tell you. Uh, that might be true. A, a, Adam Gase. Was upset with the GM and the owner chose Adam Gase, and, and again, not because he doesn't like the talent, because he doesn't like he didn't like the money invested in him. I think he likes McGuire enough, and I think McGuire will be used. And for that reason, I think it's going to be more of a committee than you anticipate. I Bell, I heard sure up twenty some pounds overweight to camp already in his, in his voluntary workouts. Um, He's never been a ready to go preseason game one guy. Yeah. And I don't know if there's been a, I mean, how many times has his running back just decided not to sit out, show, sh- showed up overweight, and he's not, there's no Hall of Fame qu- quarterback, Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's going to do a shit and show. And we talked about last week, talked about the offensive line there. Absolutely. I agree that Le'Veon Bell is going to be exposed as not the greatest running back of our generation, like some people think he is after spending the last six or so years in Pittsburgh. But he is head, shoulders, knees, and toes better. Than Elijah McGuire. Oh, you mean talent wise? Talent wise, I, I agree with you. But, so he's. So but I also, I also know McGuire is what twenty three years old, and Le'Veon Bell is is, is going to be twenty eight years so old. So if Bell can't perform, yeah, maybe McGuire gets a shot, but he's not going to do any better. Which means Bell's going to be back on the field. From a fantasy standpoint, I would tell. I mean, most dynasty drafts have already gone right, or are for sure yeah. happening. Oh yeah. The bottom line is, I guess to me, McGuire is draftable and for sure in in a dynasty. Oh, for but, sure. Yeah. But even in a if you if you have a deep draft here and you and depending on how big of a roster you have, I I would draft McGuire knowing that he's going to be there. If if it's going to be probably the end of the season, the second half of the season, and in, in in the future. Can we make a uh, rule on the show? I'd like to make a rule on this show. Um, after all the shit you gave me mm-hmm. about Elijah McGuire last year, I would like every time you say something <laughs> good about the kid this year, you to take a shot. Can we make that a rule? Yeah, no, won't happen. Can, okay, can, well, instead, this is the problem. Is how you, about instead, you, can you just you realize say, these that are one of these dumb things, things that you always do? Like, oh man, I found this really good guy. He's going to score three touchdowns. No fucking nuts. He's not going to go three touchdowns. He was a talented, a look good looking running back. What I said last year was. Here's the guy that's getting an opportunity because of injuries ahead of him. He's somebody you should pick up on the waiver wire. And you said, fuck Elijah. You also said I would pick up Brandon Powell. All the we, garbage fucking people that we, you want to pick up. We did pick up Brandon Powell. We still have him on our roster. I can't wait to cut that motherfucker. We got to talk about that because next week is when our uh, waivers go through. Number 16 here is the Los Angeles Rams. Do you want to start with this one? Yeah, we got to mention this briefly just because... This is the biggest mystery in fantasy football right now. What is t- going on with Todd Gurley? We know he's got the knee issues. He's got arthritis in the knee. As a doctor told us a couple of weeks ago, like that literally will never get better than it is right now. It is a degenerative issue. Um, so what's the team going to do? Well, I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to go out and draft Daryl Henderson relatively early in the draft. So they're hedging their bets. They're prepping for it. They went and signed... Um, Malcolm Brown back after somebody else made him an offer. He's a restricted free agent, and they took him and, and gave him the same offer somebody They're else. They're building did. depth. They want the depth. Um, so how much of that, what we don't know is how much of that is just depth, and how much of that is, hey, 
let's limit Gurley's touches so that we can we can prolong his career here. Just because of that, they fall right in the middle of the pack here because we don't know. Right? And there's an oppor- uh, there's a possibility that Daryl Henderson, when we drafted him in the second round of our rookie draft, because like first round, first round, because he might be something this year. Second round, um, yeah, that was one ten. It was first round, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I guess what I would tell you is this: what you saw with Curtis Anderson, Curtis Anderson, what is it, Curtis Anderson? I don't know what you're trying who's to the, say. Who's the Rams guy that went in, the, in week 12 and, and, and put up 100 yards in like three straight weeks? CJ? CJ Anderson. CJ Anderson. There you go. <laughs> I don't know what that stands for. CJ Anderson. Curtis, I, oh, Curtis James. I guess what I would tell you is this, is that that team is good enough and their backup running back will put up points, and without a doubt, you're going to see a, another running back probably similar to what the Chargers did. Okay. Uh, 80 to 120 touches somewhere in there. That'd be fantastic. Just to spell yeah. Gurley. That'd be fantastic for our draft pick. Um, but yeah, that's why they're laying in the middle of the list here because yeah. it's not it's not the last couple of years of Gurley. It's the last few games of Gurley likely where we're, he's going to be limited. Even if he's not hurt. You're probably going to see it sporadically, aren't you? I mean, you're probably going to see it at, at, at random times. Yeah. Him, him either just not take a lot of carries. Maybe it's a hard game or maybe it's not. But he's probably just not going to get as many carries. So one of the teams on this list that we were furthest apart on. And by furthest apart, I mean you put them in the top 10 most volatile. I put them in the bottom eight most volatile that's the chicago bears our very own chicago bears um tell the people why you are concerned i'll go after and counterpoint you well i guess what i'll tell you is this is is cohen got had what 100 some touches he had 80 some carries and what 50 50 receptions sure right and um the other boy was jordan howard i think had 200 rushes something like that Finishes running back number six most carries. Six most, in the six most carries, folks. Six Crazy. Most, six most carries. Yeah, it was asinine. I can't. That was a good stat last week. Um, I think he had nine hundred some yards, nine TDs, but actually only finishes running back number twenty. Um, and Cohen is going to see the field consistently. It's going to be running back. It's going to be wide receiver. It's going to be all over the stump field. Again, I, one of the things I don't like about Nagy is he's too cute sometimes, and I think Co- Cohen Cohen plays into that. I like David Montgomery. I I think he will be the predominant back, but there's going to be there's going to be splitting of carries. And some of the times where I feel Montgomery should get the ball, you're going to see Nagy take away from it. Give us some of the yeah. So so here's why I think you're really safe here. Um, one of the beat writers after after some OTA time in Chicago did say, look, his expectation after talking to the coaching staff, seeing what they're doing on the field, um, is that David Montgomery's in line for a Matt Forte role, which was like. 98% of the goddamn running back work. That guy never came off the field. He did a CMC, right? Before CMC did it. Um, I, I The other thing I want to mention here is that, like, Nagy, the reason they got rid of Jordan Howard is because they wanted somebody who could do everything on the field so they could, he could, they could stay on the field all the time. Because with Jordan Howard... Uh, if they wanted to pass, they had to take Jordan Howard off the field, and that gave that tipped their hand to the defense. They want a running back that can stay on the field all the time, so the defense has no idea what's going on. That's what David Montgomery is. Yes, I think Tariq Cohen is going to get on the field, but my expectation is he's going to be on the field with Montgomery, not in place of Montgomery. I think Montgomery sees a eighty-five percent snap share year long. Uh, and, you know, if Jordan Howard got 200 touches with a 60% snap share, 
250, that's not out of the realm of possible for David Montgomery year one, which means that's a guy who's getting a huge amount of work. It's well, not going to be 300. It's not, it's not Zeke. Here's a question He's I guess good. for you. In, in, I like what you're saying. I don't disagree with you. That's the reason, exact reason they got rid of Howard, because he didn't like throwing the ball enough, or he couldn't, didn't have faith that he would actually catch the ball enough, right? right? That, that wasn't, that's an accurate statement. What I don't like is they drafted Tariq Cohen for a specific role. Yeah. Probably because Pace was living, re, trying to relive Darren Sproles all over again. Sure. And I don't see, again, going back to the cuteness that Matt Nagy is and, and where they drafted him, I, I, I'm concerned when, when he goes in the game, they force him the ball. Sure. And, you know, the one thing that we haven't even mentioned here is Dave Montgomery's a rookie. Sometimes it takes rookies a while to learn an offense, get comfortable with an offense, especially a cute offense like yeah. Nagy's offense. Uh, the other guy they have here is Mike Davis, who they signed, who does exactly what Dave Montgomery was drafted Correct. to do. He's a guy that can be on the field all the time. Now, he was a backup plan when they signed him onto the team, but there is a world where at least for the first four, maybe five, five six games, and Mike, Mike Davis is in there. You know, if it takes Montgomery a little bit longer to learn pass protections, he's not going to be on the field. Yeah, he can catch, but like... It's pass protections that keep rookie running backs off the field. So there is a chance. What's the chance happens in goal line carries? Yeah, I, well, he's. I mean, Montgomery's a smaller guy, but he's as big as Davis. But yeah, there's there, there's an opportunity. That's there. That, that is the again. I think Chicago is a phenomenal offense. I like everything about it, but I just think that there's so much there is volatility there. It, there's potential volatility. You sold me a little bit. I'd pop him down a little bit. Not not inside the top top eight most volatile. Let's go up to the next one. Number four on this list, Atlanta. Now, we disagreed a little bit here, but for a very different reason. We both think Devontae Freeman is the best running back on this team. Easy, yes. hands down. Edo Smith looked like shit last year. <laughs> uh, who they draft that Allison kid yeah. in the seventh round. That's not that's not a threat. Uh, the difference is injury here, right? I'm not concerned about... I know Freeman's missed a bunch of time lately, but I was looking at it with the doc, looking at the injuries, kind of reading over what sort of he's been dealing with over the past couple of years. Not a ton of risk for re-injury, recurring injuries from what he's had in the past. So I think he's going to be fine going into this season. You disagree. I disagree with you for this reason. The way that Devontae Freeman runs. I, I had Devontae like Freeman as, as, a, as a running back a keeper. He, he, uh, he runs like a man. It was surprising sometimes why he was always on the field. But he he's not that tall of a guy, but he's a beast and he runs hard. and He, he runs takes like hits. a C- Eddie Seattle running back. Yeah, he takes hits all the time, and and I know the doctor said, well, his injuries, they're they're not, you can't, the probability of them happening again is not very likely. Except he smashes into people, three hundred pound people on every fucking play, on so, purpose, on purpose. And, and he, he, it's not Curtis Martin where he's dodging, where, where he's dart, you know, dodging and not taking these hits. He's he's delivering the hits half the time, right? Yeah. Um, I just he's what twenty eight years old now. He's getting up. There. What, what's the age of running backs go down? That's twenty eight. Twenty eight is the peak. After twenty eight, they go down. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, but, you know, there is not a single team on this list that you can't say if somebody gets injured, obviously, it, it things change. Yeah, maybe we've seen in the past. He played three games last year. So let me ask you this question. Let's say let's say Freeman goes out. Are you 100% on board with Ito? No, I don't like Ito Smith either. Okay. I just think it would be... Quadri Allison. No. Okay. I, I'm all behind Matt Ryan and Julio. There, that, there you go. That's probably the right. Maybe even a little Austin Hooper <laughs> thrown in there. Um, our next team on this list at number 13 is the Detroit Lions. Another team that we disagreed about a little bit, which is technically our hometown team, I guess. It's about as far away as Chicago is, but we are Michiganders at this point uh, in our lives. But uh, we both love 
Carry on Johnson. Ability. We, we think he's a great player. My concern is C.J. Anderson. I think C.J. Anderson is going to get all the goal line work. I think they're going to continue to put him in. And my argument for that is simple. Last year, LeGarrette Blunt averaged, what, 3.1 a carry? He yep. was terrible. Yeah. But all year long, even even at the end of the year when carry on proved that he was the shit and had that 100-yard game first time in how many years in Detroit, LeGarrette Blunt kept getting on the field. His snap share did not go down. C.J. Anderson is a much better running back at this point in his career than LeGarrette Blunt was last year. I don't think Patricia wants to give carry on more any any more than 15 touches in a game. Yeah, similar to the same argument you made with David Montgomery mm-hmm. is when when you find that running back who who is a real deal, sometimes you just can't you cannot stop but give him the ball, right? He has to get the touches. That's the hope. We know that's what Kerryon Johnson is. The reason that I don't like C.J. Anderson a ton is because C.J. Anderson couldn't find a job for a year. That's okay? true. He couldn't find a job until he went to the very best team in the NFL, second best team in the NFL at the time, and it was. The what week twelve when 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 Derrick Henry wore out the entire NFL right where mm-hmm. everyone was done had dead legs and all of a sudden Fat CJ Anderson starts running the ball and he was okay he was fresh as shit he was fresh as shit that's my point is I would be I would see not as bad as the Garrett Blunt but not, not CJ Anderson when he was last year but but what I do even if he's not. He will steal. You're right that he will steal some goal line carries. Watch the goal line carries. I don't think Carrion touches the ball inside the ten very often at all. I don't know if, but to that argument is, I'm pretty sure he's good enough from from the eye test. The eye test tells you he's inside the ten. Fine, he'll score outside. He's going to score outside the ten plenty. Yeah, but my concern is. I think I think we're living in a world where Carrion Johnson maybe has six touchdowns next year. Ooh, you don't think that that is not enough. Over under? No, well, no. I'm saying we're living in a world where that might happen. I would put the I'll over take under eight at and over seven I'll and take a half. Eight. Okay, we'll do eight. It's up bet. Wait, there is a drop. <laughs> so good. It's a bet. That's my. Yay! That's just my concern for Kerryon Johnson. I love him as a player. I don't player, think there's a concern I would, though. I would love to jump on, all on board with him. Can you look up his ADP as I get into this sure. next team? Next team at number 12. We're getting close to that top 10. Um, that is a Miami Dolphins. Not a lot to say here. Look, Kenyon Drake's been there for a while. And to be honest, every time he's gotten an opportunity, he's been good enough. You know, he hasn't blown the fucking doors off. But he's ne- he's never gotten more than a handful of carries in a game. I mean, even... Round four, pick five. Four five for carry on. Yeah, I'd take carry on. Yeah, I'd take you a, would. I'd roll the dice and carry on. That's a number five. three running back. Yeah, that's fine. I'd be absolutely fine with that. Much better than Derrick Henry at the three seven. Yes. Um, carry, uh, Kenyon Drake's been fine when he's given the opportunity. Gase, for whatever reason, hated him. Never gave him the opportunity. Um, but at the same time, last year's rookie, who again barely touched the ball, Kalen Balage, fucking flashed. Every time he touched the ball, how many 75-yard-plus rushing touchdowns did he have on 20 total carries in a year? I think it was four. Um, so there's some volatility here in, in simply that this is 100% going to be a camp battle to see which one of these two guys gets the opportunity. They're both explosive players. I don't know that either of them is a grinded-out running back. The, the other thing we got to consider is, like, it's fucking Miami. Do we care? I, th- I, you, I think you just hit it on the head. I don't see any way that Kenyon Drake doesn't become the, the starting running back. Balaj probably will spell him. Maybe he gets 60 carry. I mean, how many carries are we talking about here? 
For Balage? Yeah. I, I I wouldn't put it past Balage to get a hundred. Ooh, touches. that's a lot. Touches. Yeah, it's gonna be Kenny Drake. Uh, and supposedly he's talented. We just don't know enough of this. We're talking about the worst the the absolute worst team in the NFL right now. So Drake's going at in round five. Balage is going around nine. Is going around fourteen. <laughs> I don't think I trust Kenyon Drake in the fifth round. I think I would not have a problem at all taking Kalen Balage in the fourteenth round. I I I personally wouldn't take him. I don't. I mean, this is one of those things where I, I, I guess, mean, it's fourteenth round. Like, yeah, I can find a way better depth than that. It's a throwaway pick for a guy that that might be great. No. Don't don't waste your folks again. Pay attention here. Do not buy into Miami so Dolphins. Here are, avoid this. Let me tell you the running backs going in the fourteenth round. You tell me which ones you'd rather have: Malcolm Brown, Rex Burkhead, Alexander Madison, Damian Harris, C.J. Anderson, Duke Johnson, T.J. Yeldon. Which one of those guys do you want more than Caleb? Damian Blanc? Harris. Uh, on a team where you said, and we'll get to it in a minute. Quote: This is one hundred percent the Sony Michelle show. Sir Michelle also has a degenerative knee too. Same thing as JHI. Pretty bad. Yeah, not good. Is that his issue? Bone on bone? Yep. No. Yes. Oh man. That hurts. Um I don't hate Kalen Blodge in the fourteenth, but whatever. It's a moot point, it's Miami, I don't fucking care. Um Alright, so we're we're at eleven, which is really our top ten, because ten and eleven tied in our consensus rankings. And that means we are done for the week. Uh thanks to Wiz for participating in this. Really great discussion about the least volatile offensive backfields in the NFL. Come back next week to us. We will do the top 10 or 11 in this case. Uh, we'll get to the real meat. We'll get to the real tough decisions. You're not going to want to miss that conversation uh, next week. But uh, before we go, uh, do do you want to pick up the torch for a bullfrog and give us a lesson of the day? I don't have any lessons. God damn it. Do something for this fucking show. I show up, and that's the important part. You didn't show up last week. Lesson of the day is, do not tell your wife that her hair looks like a... Like a mullet. Yeah, don't do that. That's not the smart thing to do. You might be locked in your house for the next four weeks. All right, fuckers. Fuck off. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick butt pirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com. <laughs>